Howdy, y'all. It's Matt Bocker here, co-hosting another episode of the Fat Dog Vinyl Podcast. As a reminder, Fat Dog Vinyl is located at 7 North Main Street, and today's very rainy, partially flooded, but still beautiful Mount Vernon, Ohio. And today I'm here with a special guest. Uh, his name is Mr. Grant Ritchie, who... Our paths kind of crossed because of this record store and also kind of work, but that's a separate thing. So, Grant, welcome to the show. How are you feeling? Good. I'm nervous, but yeah, thanks for having me. He's going to be fine. Um, Grant is all about, you know, he, he's, he's a local writer, so, you know, he knows what the community needs to hear about. That's Grant's superpower. And in this case, it's usually... You know, high school sports and traffic projects, but today, Grant, what do you want to talk to the community about? Uh, 2021 record. It might be 2022 record. It's 2022. Okay. It was February. It's very early 2022. <laughs> That's why I think it's 2021. Yeah. Uh, black, right on the border. Yeah, Black Country, New Roads, Ants from Up There. It's a uh, post. I'm a, I'm a, I'm about called progressive, uh, rock band, um, indie rock band. I would say, yeah, based from London, UK. Yeah. So, Black Country, New Road. Um, I forget the story behind the band name, but I know it's like. Wasn't it like it was? It was pretty much a random selection. I'm pretty sure it was a word generator. Yeah, I feel like I remember seeing that. So, um, basically, in today's episode, we're gonna take a quick skim through that track listing. We're going to talk about why it's one of the best records of the 2020s. Yeah, um, yeah. Off the top of my head, it's, I mean, without sitting in front of a list, it's definitely one of my most listened to or one I've spent the most time thinking about since I heard it. I think I had a peculiar introduction to this band. So, yeah, we're going to dive right in um, to the album and then get into some uh, shenanigans at the end, and hopefully uh, Grant and I will keep it civil, as you know, sometimes we'll argue about random things in the track listing, but you know, that's half the fun. I'm kind of wondering when you first heard of the band. Yeah, we can hop into that right away. Um, I do a lot of, Phil, the, the store owner, he always gives me credit because he's very interested that I know a lot of random stuff. A lot of random music, a lot of random movies, stuff like that. So sometimes I'll just click around and I'll go from Spotify related artist to related artist, or if I'm flipping through records here at Fat Dog Vinyl, you know, I'll see an interesting album cover or, you know, the depths of Wikipedia, I'll find a lot of music. So my first exposure to them was a YouTube video live performance. It was one of those like, concerts at home series from 2020 and it was a performance that preceded um the 2022 record we're about to talk about although it did feature a song that later made the record it was from the haldern pop festival and they played athens they played the song later named haldern um athens france though for you who don't know the name that's an earlier song that they had put out um, I remember they covered Say It Ain't So by Weezer, and you can tell they didn't plan to. Isaac Wood, the singer, got a, a smirk on his face and just went into it. 
So to my understanding, which Haldern became my favorite song on the Ants From Up There record, it was improv at that festival. So the Haldern Pop Festival video that's on YouTube, to my understanding, it was an improv performance, which they later cleaned up and put on the record. Okay, I didn't know that. So when, when was the first time you got to hear of them? They just popped up in my recommendation on Spotify when for, for the first time came out, which was their first record. And um, yeah, I just really like that. The instrumental on that, it's like <laughs> a lot of techno keyboard notes and the, the saxophones are really present in the song and the guitar, the guitar and everything. And, it just feels like a song you would hear like during like a high speed chase or like a heist or something. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you got like Athens, France, and I think Science Fair is. Mm -hmm. uh, if you, you listen to the lyrics, I mean, like they're pretty twisted and dark, but I mean, and like, and like the song is too, and the heavy guitars at the end, and it's a really great song, and then Sunglasses is great too, and that's the other one they did in the Haldern Pop Festival. So yeah. that's actually also one of the first songs I ever heard by mm -hmm. him, which was interesting because my introduction was like, obviously from a band that was still kind of getting the roots. And I think 2022 is going to be, I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to follow this up easily for our, our listeners may be interested in checking out Black Country New Road. I have terrible news. Um, Isaac Wood, who, even though there's, what, six, seven members of the band? Yeah. There's quite a few members in this band on stage, on record. Isaac Wood, who is the closest thing we can deem as the main vocalist of the band, mm -hmm. already left, to my understanding. Yeah. I think it was getting to be a lot, and right yeah. around the time of the album release, Ends mm -hmm. From Up There, mm -hmm. he stepped away. Yeah, that, um, yeah. A lot of these songs on this record feel like Maybe maybe about a breakup or maybe just like a call for help. <laughs> call for help. Cold human emotions. Um, yeah. So it it does line up perfectly. Um, yeah, it's a pretty it, depressing it's, record. It's one of those records where the life events line up. Unfortunately, it in this case it was somebody leaving a band. But for those who remember the end of 2015 into the very beginning of 2016 with the passing of David Bowie. Once I got my hands on Black Star, I realized it was, <laughs> it was quite honestly a record about dying from somebody that died pretty much right after it came out. And then David Berman from Silver Juice, uh, Purple Mountains record. Or like the Mac Miller record, the, I forget the name of that one. Was, are you talking about the one they put out after you passed? Yeah, you listened to that one. And I want to make you pretty emotional too, listening to that. Yeah, so it's one of these rare albums which, I mean, like I, I he said, didn't die. Yeah, fortunate, <laughs> fortunately, he's still with us, but yeah. it seemed like mental health was the major thing cited. Obviously, it's a, it's a pretty dark record. And, yeah. you know, maybe it makes sense now that the record came out and was really popular and the band's been in the limelight. It might be similar to in the airplane over the sea once it blew up jeff mangum got kind of freaked out a little bit so um right off the bat intro 
So the song does have an instrumental beginning. Do you remember what it was like the first time you get into this intro for this record, Grant? Um, I'm trying to remember the first time I listened to it. I was still living in Ashland uh, before I moved here. So and I like listened to it like right when it came out in February, because I, like I said before, I knew, I knew the band beforehand and was, and really um, eager to listen to the record just to hear what they could do next with, because I think for the first time had five songs and this has ten, so you're doubling the airtime on it and so. And they're more experienced and everything, so. It it keeps it light too. It's not a super dark and foreboding intro. Yeah, I agree. And it's only like three minutes long, and for the first times is like five minutes long, and that's a lot more like heavy and and uh, dark and and this one's pretty light. Uh, mostly just has like violins and vocals, and it almost kind of has like a. I don't know if prog rock is like oh no yes. like 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 mathy because the you hear like the cars doing dun 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 yeah, dun yes. and then no, everything the, else is the doing down like the downstrokes remind me of the band Totoro okay yeah spelled with two R's not like one R like uh, my neighbor Totoro yeah, man. Yeah, man. but they're a famous math rock band like it actually does give me more of a classic math rock energy but mm -hmm. for our listeners at home too and it's it's hard to explain the transition. We get into, I don't want to say act one of the play, because technically the play has started, but Chaos Space Marine is, if this album was a video game, Chaos Space Marine <laughs> would be like your introduction to the journey. Uh -huh. Like, you might have some preconceived information, but this is like the hub world of the record to me. <laughs> not agree i think it's the lightest and most fun song on the record i did yeah i wrote i wrote it it's the most upbeat song on the record and also i feel like it's the most single type song on the record like so you're it, thinking mass appeal here yeah if they're thinking okay this is like the easiest song for someone who hasn't heard the band i would probably give them this song and be okay like, so there you go grant's pick if you got one song from ants from up there you're not sure what you're dealing with, you want something approachable, Chaos Space Marine is your pick. Yeah, but it's also like, I feel kind of disingenuous saying that a little bit because it's like, if you listen to that and then like Haldern or Basketball Shoes are like completely <laughs> yeah. different songs from virtually every single level slice you can think of. And so, I mean, I would say that one and then we're going to talk about the, the final song on the record too, which is probably my favorite song on the record, but... Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to come back to this question, but when I first talked to Grant about this record, I had one very specific question for him. Because sometimes I, I don't do as much digging. Sometimes I'll dig about a record. Sometimes I like to sit with it. Since this is a new record, I, you know, this isn't something where we have these deep memories of, oh, back in the day. You know, this is still very recent. Um, Something that jumped out to me on a first listen where I was like, wait, what the hell did he just say was when the song builds up, it's very energetic. Like I said, it's like a chaos space marine. It's like an adventure song 
So it's like you're getting ready for a journey, and he's, I'm coming home Billie Eilish style. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the song is about, like, feeling guilty or ha- feeling guilty about unpacking your troubles or baggage to someone else and th- them having to to carry that because, um, uh, I don't know. That's some of the lyrics of it. And then our lyric I liked was, I'll bury the hatchet between the window and kingdom of men. Yeah. Not sure exactly what that means, but I like it. <laughs> There's, you know, I got to be honest. Um, the lyrics can be indirect. Uh-huh. I'm very convinced they, they wanted you to take it a certain way. Yeah. But that, not not particularly their way. I think a lot of the, the lyrics are ambiguous. I do think the wordplay and the phrasing is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think you can tell by Isaac's tone. Um it's funny, too. The only other singer in a van I can think of named Isaac is the legendary Isaac Brock of Modest Mouse. And when I was revisiting this Halder and Pop Festival video today to, mm-hmm. to get hyped for this uh, podcast, yeah. somebody had called him the, the English Isaac Brock. And okay. I, I don't think I agree with that, but I just wanted to put that into the universe because maybe somebody else will hear it. Um, I guess there's a way of like emotionally driven lyrics. Um, I would say if you're just a general rock fan, I don't know if this is a fair comparison. This is high praise. I get a lot of David Byrne energy from the front man and the lead vocals. It is kind of spastic and like his voice cracks in unique ways in parts of the record. You know, he's oh yeah, he's very eccentric and. Mm-hmm his performance but i mean it's very unique so once we get past chaos space marine we go into concord which do you know what they're referencing with the title concord i was gonna ask you yeah like what what do you think concord means because i was thinking like first like because the airplanes the the album cover here yeah and so i was thinking are they talking about like the concord where i think that's where the plane went (laughs) i don't know it's like something plain it's a plane term yeah, Concorde is a specific model of plane that, to my understanding, is not in use anymore in its reference because the first thing I think of when I hear the word Concorde is Concorde grape juice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a cold glass of, of Concorde grape juice. So that would make sense. And for our listeners at home, it's kind of the album cover is like a plastic Ziploc bag with a toy grayish silver airplane in it and it looks like it's just on a bulletin board of some point so yeah no concord i also it might be my pick i think chaos space marine and concord i think these are two great introduction songs to the band i think concord has it's a little more brooding and a, a little more dark but we have not hit the depths that we will soon hit you know we are. We have not yet hit the twilight zone. We're not deep in the abyss of mm-hmm. what I'll call the ants from down there part of the record. The, the the true basement of the record as far as emotional. But Concord is still a pretty song.
Um, something that I really appreciate about Black Country New Road and specifically this record, I don't feel like they're rushing songs. You know, if you want something catchy, two to three minutes to throw on on your way to work, maybe not the record for it. Um, you know, if you're going to own this on vinyl, this is just a great vinyl record to have. Both Grant and I are proud owners of our copy. You just received one for the holidays, correct? Yeah, and I think they just restocked it because they're releasing a new record soon. So. Yes, and it's been very hard to keep that one in stock in yeah. Fat Dog Vinyl. Um, yeah. A lot of people have been asking. So on to the next one. I already know Grant's opinion on this. <laughs> So I'll take the lead on it. It's called Bread Song. Okay. I, I would say it's the most patient song on the record. Patient is a compliment, probably, compared to what Grant would call it. Um, Grant, can you explain to our listeners, what is your hesitation with Bread Song? I just think it's bland and kind of boring instru instrumentally. And I think the, the lyrics are good, you know. Um, and, like... Isaac is whispering most of the time during this, and the instrumental um, instrumentally, it's just it's very quiet, very monotone. Doesn't really build until the very end, and once it reaches its climax, it's still not powerful. And so, I just think honestly, it's kind of a skip for me if I'm listening to it. <laughs> to hold you through the headset that you wear and as tight as I might hold it oh, Harsh sir. call, but you know, sometimes there's you know, there's 10 out of 10 masterpiece records there's 9 out of 10 where it's still a brilliant record, but yeah, I think this is a 9, personally yeah, so I, I always knew this was your most hesitant track on the album. I'm a, I'm a bigger fan. I don't have a problem with the tone. Um, well, that's the thing I do like. I do like the guitar tone. I like his vocal tone. Um, specifically, the, you know, the parts in the lyrics, too. <laughs> There's something very slice-of-life depressing about, Oh, don't eat your toast in my bed. Oh, darling, I never felt the crumbs until you said... This place is not for any man, nor particles of bread. You know, there's something there's something charming about that. It's very um, anyone that's ever been to my apartment at any point in my life knows. Never eat in my bed for any reason. I think it's so weird when people just physically eat food on their bed where you sleep. I think it's weird. So it's yeah, like I don't really do that. even though it's deeply sentimental here. And more on the symbolic side, I still think it's it's an interesting take. Um, but I think we both agree, this is where the album really, really, really kicks back up with Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Would you agree? I think, that actually... I love if, this song. <laughs> if, your, if your pick is Chaos Space Marine for the, hey, if you're going to hit one song off this record, see if you like it. Yeah. I think Goodwill Hunting is my pick. Because I love uh, Isaac's vocal crack 
when he says home is just so good and like the way the guitar picks up it's you know it's catchy it's one of the songs that has like a driving beat i think this is yeah in my opinion i think goodwill hunting is the most approachable song on the record it's kind of groovy I mean, yeah the, the, da, 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 yeah exactly Hands out for balance Slipping you almost grab mine But you find your feet And I never wanted so much someone to fall It's just been a weekend But in my mind we summer in France With our genius daughters now And you teach me to play the piano then like the sirens in the beginning too, or it's just like amazing. Then yeah. uh, I love that part. And then yeah, and then uh, the whole like uh, everyone will think it's cool. She had Billie Eilish style. Tell me. And then I just love that part because I don't really think it's supposed to mean anything. But I think I think the song mostly is about a love. It's a love song about someone Isaac who is infatuated with. And has created this whole fantasy of them moving to France and having two genius daughters, as he says. And but she doesn't like him, and he's basically okay with being her, being her, uh, uh, like just someone that he'll always, always be fr like friends on, basically. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. And, uh, the lyric here, tell me she's not that hard to find. Message me if you change your mind, darling, I'll keep fine. And at the very end, I mean, he, like, everything basically turns up to 11. The drums are, cla like, clashing. Isaac's, like, cracking every single word. And it's just amazing. So. Yeah, no, I like the harder he throws his voice into something, usually the more I'm into it. Mm -hmm. Um I would say if you took all his vocals and put them on a spectrum in the album, the vocals I most prefer are his quietest, most gentle moments, and then his most like voice thrown out, like, you know, because this is, uh, Isaac has a unique voice, he has a unique delivery. Um, he's one of those, um, quote, all my favorite singers couldn't sing type guys to where mm. he's more, you know, it's there. There are some like talk singing moments. You know, so if you're a listener at home, say, you know, if you like somebody like Lou Reed, for example, you know, there's definitely some more poetic delivery on this record. He's not always particularly singing, but in Goodwill Hunting, when he builds up, you know, he is more singing at, at certain points on this record, and I love the way he throws his voice around. Like I said, I, th I think this is the grooviest track on the record. You know, it gets going. Yet again, I, I do see a sense of of humor in the lyrics, which is interesting. There's like a lot to listen to, um, slowing down, like I said. And then you get that recurring theme of, oh, she had Billie Eilish style moving to Berlin for a little while. Oh, yeah, the moving to Berlin for a little while yeah it's like very uh, i forget the, the music term for it but it's very poignant yeah 
No, there's just something about his delivery on this. And it's funny because I thought I was being mocked because when I first listened through this, I was so caught up on like, I just, you usually don't hear prominent music figures names dropped unless if it's a hip hop diss track. You don't really hear like, I don't know. Like I can't think of like a song that just references Ariana Grande or like anything she does just for the hell of it or like, I don't hear major pop stars being referenced like this. So when you get that in Chaos Space Marine, and then he brings it back, I'm like, Isaac, what are you trying to tell me? And when I ask Grant many a times, how do you perceive that line? You're thinking it's just like a, a literal sense of like fashion style, like dressing. Billie Eilish obviously always had the... Baggy clothes. I, I see her with like a baggy tie-dye sweatshirt, baggy pants, and like black hair that's like neon green on top, you know? Yeah, I think that's And just I'm looking kind of like, yeah. you know, like no makeup, dark aesthetic type stuff. So, yeah. I, you know, yet again, I thought that was really interesting that came back up in the lyrics. And now it's showtime. Halder. The song that brought me in. So, unfortunately, I didn't get to experience this song in the context of the album right away. I knew this song, and it's what made me want to go listen to the album. Um, I have a lot of weird associations with this song, but um, it opens up with, Ignore the hole I've dug again. It's only for the evening. I never wanted you to see that much of the bodies down there beneath me. And then it kicks in, and you know the lyrics go quite a, quite a while from there. But I mean, at least those those opening lines just sound like shame of something. And obviously, this is a personal record. Isaac's digging into a lot of personal material. Like, there's a reason when Black Country New Road plays, in the future, I don't think we'll be getting these songs. It'd be kind of weird to just hire somebody else to sing these. Yeah, I don't think so. I think, um, as far as tone, it's not the saddest point of the record, but I think it's the most... Um, brutal and like physical part of the record in a lot of ways you know there's just a certain depth and shade that i associate this with you know this is why i would call this a winter album you know i'm always trying to align a season or places or associations with my favorite records i think this song is is probably going to make it to where you know it came out in february in february it's often gray and rainy and snowy and gross so Grant, what are your thoughts on Haldern? Um, yeah, I like the violin passages in it and the saxophone passages in it. I think it really helps break up the record. and It slowly builds, too. Yeah. And there's, like, some mathy parts in there with the guitar, so like, kind of similar to intro. And yes, those heavy, like, downstroke, like, it really just sounds like a the band Totoro to me to bring them up again those like heavy down strums you know it's the same thing and you know 
This is another time Isaac's voice is being thrown around. It starts slow and kind of sensitive. And then by the time he's yelling, we formed a ring around your home to stop your body leaving. But you burn the final question. Then and you rose out through the ceiling. His voice is being thrown out more, you know, it's, it really builds. Um, and then obviously when it kicks into, you get that like crescendo of piano. Mm-hmm. This is a song where as soon as I heard it, I was sending it to my closest friends. I was like, yo, this song just came out like recently. Listen to this. If you utter those words, there's no good music anymore. Or rock bands aren't what they used to be. This is one of those songs where I'm hearing, and this is really fresh sounding to me in 2022. I mean, they're not the first band to write longer songs or like mix elements of jazz and have a saxophone and indie rock, math rock. No, Mm -hmm. they're not the first to do that by any means, but I think the delivery of Haldern is just really unique to them. I know sometimes people associate them a lot with their close friends of Black Midi, and I think those bands get unfairly associated sometimes, yeah, even though I don't know how much they have in common. And I just feel like this is their signature song. And I might be biased because the instrumental, or um, sorry, their improv performance of it was my first exposure to it. Yeah, I like the lyrics. You're the only one I know who broke the world so quietly, turned your perfect hands to me and ruptured every bone. Uh, so. Yeah, just physical lyrics. I mean, obviously, we will get another song with some pretty physical <laughs> lyrics here in a minute, but. Oh, yeah. Um, Got Mark's intro or Mark's theme? Mark's theme. Things do brighten up a little bit. What are your thoughts on Mark's theme here? It's good. It's, um, you know, if I'm like intentionally listening to the whole album, I'll listen to it. But if I'm just like want to listen to the song songs, then I'll skip it. But if I'm trying to get the full experience, like this is my first time listening to the whole record. I mean, I'll listen to it. It's great if you're like on a bike ride or a walk or something. It Um, could be longer, you know, like. Yeah, if there was like an eight-minute version of this theme, whether it was looped or maybe progressed more. But I do respect this album. It does give you a break after Haldern, which I very much feel like I need a mental break of some of some sort. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mark's theme is another just instrumental. I think it's cool that, you know, obviously we start with an instrumental, and this is the second one on the album. I think it's interesting that they went instrumentals on track one and track seven i feel like that was a unique choice um i feel like i don't really have any qualms with the song list here and the track listing like i do feel like it's organized in an effective way um fortunately we are hitting my favorite part of the record goodwill hunting halder and mark's theme and then the place where he inserted the blade Mm -hmm. Definitely the high point of the record. I get that's a decent chunk, but, you know, I definitely prefer the middle of this record. So going into the place where he inserted the blade, what are your thoughts on that one? Um, yeah, when I first listened to the record, this was definitely one of the songs I kept on replaying. Um, I think it's, I don't know if I would call it the ballad of the record. I think that's that's fair. But it's the most ballad adjacent song on the record. Yeah. 
the, the piano intro is really good, and then I just really like it when the band, because they have so many talented musicians, when they have, like, group vocals at the end, it's, uh, it, it makes it more impactful. It will get stuck in your head. Um, obviously, the, the piano motif at the beginning is, comes back, and yeah, you have these, like, group vocals. And it does stay catchy. This is another one where it has, I'm using the, the phrase slice of life, um, which I used again in Brad's song, but it comes back as well, you know, um, just to cite the first verse here, you're never scared of a world where you're needed, so you never made light nice with the locals, but you tied me up slow with your vine stuff. It takes a few years, but they break bones. It takes a few months, but our bones heal. We're stronger and we tell all of our school friends and they'll sign our cast on the playground. Darling, the rest of my body, it's yours then. You know, and then it like, it slows down to where it, yet again, it feels very theatrical. You get that piano part and it sounds like the opening of a play, you know, and it's, um, <laughs> the line that always got uh, stuck in my head was, Oh, that every time I try to make lunch for everyone else or for anyone else in my head, I end up dreaming of you. Like, that's um. Yet again, super weird. You know, you're starting out. There's like imagery of playgrounds and signing casts and making lunch for someone. Mm -hmm. um, he references chicken and broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like, um. I guess that's what I think is interesting about Isaac Wood's lyrical approach is I never expect to hear the phrase chicken and broccoli on a progressive math rock indie record. And like, I don't know, it's just one of those strange things. You know, I'm hearing a lot of things in the lyrics that I don't expect. Some of the other stuff, you know, maybe not so much. You could see another band or another vocalist saying it, but yeah, I think this one just builds. I, I will say, I think I could put this song as track 10 and be really satisfied with it as a closer. That is a very high compliment on such a beautiful record where obviously we're very familiar to, you know, if there's a seven-minute song on a record, it might be that super serious, super deep point of the record. This whole record's kind of like that. You could make an argument six or seven of these songs are 
the magnum opus of the play or the climax of the play. I really think there's a case for a lot of them. Um, but yeah, the place where he inserted the blade also is one of those Isaac moments where he's throwing his voice around quite a bit. <laughs> I really like that. Um, Oh, praise the Lord, burn my house, I get lost, I freak out. Mm -hmm. You know, he just sounds kind of miserable and kind of desperate. <laughs> and that's what I like in music. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the longer songs on the track, too. I mean, progressively, as we keep going, the songs are going to get longer. But, yeah, it's one of the, I think it's like seven. It's seven minutes, almost eight minutes long. But it doesn't feel like that. No, I, yeah, this is one of those longer songs that just blows right by. Mm -hmm. um, I will also give this one another award. Not only could I think it's good enough to be the closer, I think if you want an approachable song off this record, I think this is one of the ones that is, I mean, it's still very, you know, sad and, and emotional and, and long, but it is still catchy. There are moments, the way it progresses, like, I do think, like, I think this is a more approachable song than the next two songs on the record. Mm -hmm. um, and like I said, it's it's catchier than Haldern is. Um, but it is, in my opinion, it's, it's darker and more depressing than Goodwill Hunting. So definitely, if you, if you just want to poke around this record, I think the place where he inserted the blade is one of our favorites, one to check out. I'll take you, the, uh, or I'll let you take the lead on the next one, which is Snow Globes. Another fantastic one. Yeah, this track is nine minutes long. <laughs> um, it has a beautiful intro that I could listen to an hour of and not get tired of it, similar to the next song we're going to talk about. Um, but, man, I love how the song starts off. really not that long of a song lyrically I mean there's not too many lyrics and the lyrics that they do have repeat a lot specifically snow globes don't shake on their own right which, <laughs> which is repeated quite a yeah quite a bit um, God of weather Henry knows snow globes don't shake on their own so Grant what is your perception of that line snow globes don't shake on their own um yeah I think about this a lot and I can't really put my head around it. I think, I think if I had to take a guess, it's probably about 
people's emotional states and how other people can affect that in certain ways. And I mean, you can pair it with relationships. How two people affect one another. And a snow globe can be a person or it can be a state of being or it could be like someone's mental state or something. So, yeah, I never took it as much on a person just as like, okay, what is a snow globe good for? The quote unquote snow sits at the bottom until the user shakes it or flips it back upside down, moves it. So until you do anything with a snow globe, it just sits there. You know, it's just going to be the country house with the, the evergreen trees. Um, in this case, there's no, there's no weather. Um, I think obviously weather in this case, you know, when it's referred to it like this, I think we're talking bad weather snowstorms, natural disasters, personal disasters, things like this. So to me, I I guess I'm just, I keep it very general. I think it's like maybe about what is the catalyst? You know, you're like, for example, like snow globes don't shake on their own. Like sometimes you need something to shake up your life, your headspace. Um, in this case, like I said, I associate weather as being a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes when it's not called good weather or bad weather, someone just references the weather. It's, I don't know. Like, yeah, hopefully we don't run into any weather. I, I have a negative emotion, so it's like I'm thinking about different catalysts in our life and what is shaking up the snow globe. But, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's a pretty song, pretty imagery. And then we're flowing into a very... There's one more thing I want to say about yeah. it before we move on. Is I want, to, I want your thoughts on this because it's in the first record for the first time is the clamp. He says, we must let the clamp do what the clamp does best. What do you think the clamp means? Because it's something that's been like discussed in the community. People think it's like a medical device or something to like hold him down or to like help him. Or... You know, that would make sense to me. Um, the clamp yet again negative association if we're talking about word connotation clamp is something that is very useful like yeah it's it's half a tool but it's half something that forcefully holds something down so i mean the medical side would make sense but it's also like hey come on guys we need to clamp down here you know we need to to get it under control and it's not just a peaceful control it's a very forceful control and what's funny when I first listened to this record, you know, I'm not sitting there with the lyrics in front of me. I'm just hanging out, listening to the record. I was hearing the clan instead of oh, the okay. clamp. And I was like, oh, shit, what, what does that mean? Um, so some funny misheard lyrics there. But I don't know. Yet again, it's kind of a uh, he's emotionally forfeiting to something because clamp, it doesn't sound like he. Oh, we, we need to let it do what it, it does best. So yet again, it's more of a negative connotation of letting things that are stronger than you and have more control yeah. take control. I think the other time he uses it, not in this song, but he says the clamp with a crooked smile or crooked bin or something like that. So yeah. basket, or I see when I go on the basketball shoes. Basketball shoes. So this song is about Patrick Ewing and Michael Jordan playing America's Game in the mid-1990s, opening it up, correct? So not much to say with this. It's basically just um, referencing sports teams and dunking the basketball. Correct, Grant, right? That's that's what this song's about, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, the song's like, 
Almost 13 minutes long. <laughs> I would say it's three songs into one, or at least there's like three phases. Um, first half is mostly instrumental, similar to Snow Globes. Um, Very long instrumental. Yeah, really. and it's beautiful again. And um, talks a first lyric he says is Concord, Full Fly, or something like that. Um, rips the house to, rips the room to shreds. Um, so then that makes me wonder if Concord is like a second persona for him or like a personality or his mental state or something. And it, it's like him giving defeat to whatever demon he's coming to terms with in, in himself. That's interesting, man. Uh, that's my thought on it. Because if you're comparing yourself, what do you think that means if you're comparing yourself to a now defunct aircraft? Like, obviously it makes sense in, in base terms of like, what do planes do? They ascend and then they Go descend. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes they wreck, sometimes they, they get shot down, sometimes they crash in the middle of the ocean, sometimes they just carry mundane passengers. But the fact that we now know a Concorde is, is, is not used anymore, like, I don't know. I don't. We're probably not on to anything. We probably didn't figure anything out today, and we probably haven't said anything that they haven't figured out on Reddit. But like, it's interesting then if he was referring to himself as a Concord, which is a discontinued plane, and then shortly after he left the band, so he's a discontinued lead singer. Yeah. Um, by his own choice, though. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes singers get kicked out of bands or band members get kicked out. Like, obviously, it was his choice. And the band chose to like, to my understanding, you know, it's a, a no hard feelings. Like we're gonna keep making music, we're gonna move forward and get creative. But now I think you're onto something there. And I, I mean, I, obviously, is a very fitting last song on the record too. It is a goodbye. You know, is this the longest track on the album? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So it's like the songs are getting longer. This yeah. is also, you know, it's a very patient song. It, it takes uh -huh. its time to go out, so. The second part of the song is kind of mathy. It starts off with these dun 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 guitar riffs, and then says, I can't think of anything better than a hair on my sweater. Uh, so I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but and he says it tortures me at the end of it, and then it goes, like, into this, kind of garagey noise rock where like the, the guitars are just strumming as fast as possible and the saxophone is just blaring then he's screaming the lyrics again then it quiets down and then the third part so i think it's uh gives it it's a very uh multi-phased record where it's not really the same thing throughout the whole entire nearly thir 13 minutes yes and it falls in a very luxurious high class um, grouping of songs that mention sweaters, including Sweater Sung by Weezer, the song that it was based off of, which I'm blanking, but there's another song, and then uh, Striped Sweater from SpongeBob SquarePants. You can just throw basketball shoes in the mix, too, because in this song, that's the mundane slice of life lyric that always jumped out to me. Um, but this song is, it can almost be hard to focus on too because in a little way it's kind of like band on the run by wings it'll just change completely um which is why i think it's exciting is it's kind of yeah three tracks into one there's one of the lyrics i want to say it says and i haven't felt this way in like ever 
which I just love. It's just like such like a weird way to say it. I am the convo, you are the leather, and the clamp is a cracked smile cheek, and it tortures me. So there we go. We got that clamp again. Um, That's what we love about albums. We love recurring themes. Yes. Um, and now this is probably... <laughs> All right, so like the third section. Um, it's very... It's building very slow. It says, in my bed... In my bed, sheets now wet of Charlie, I pray to forget. All I've been forms the drone. We've seen the rest. And this is probably my favorite lyric of the whole entire album. Oh, your generous loan to me, your crippling interest. Which is just like a stab to the heart. Because <laughs> I think what that means is, similar to Chaos Space Marine, is like, I love you. You don't love me. I'm going to give you all this baggage I have of me being depressed or whatnot, and I need someone to tell it to because it's just bottling all up inside me. And so that's the loan. And then the crippling interest is that person not giving a, you know, <laughs> not not caring about that, saying, okay, I'm going to move on with my life and everything you told me, you just opened yourself up to me. I'm just not going to care about that. I'm just going to move on. And so I think that's the crippling interest part of it. Yeah, and what I like about this album is other than the fact that we know Isaac's no longer in the band, I know basically no personal information about the band members. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm very well, oh, this is a breakup with so-and-so, or this is, they wrote this song when they were feuding with a record company, or, you know, I don't have context for why these songs were written outside of Haldern being named directly after a pop fest. You know, like, I don't, know much about this so what's interesting is when this band is performing to you in a bubble of information or <laughs> a snow globe if you will it is interesting because my associations of the band and like i said i'm much more familiar with this record than any other of their individual work um i i, I will go see them live but it's it's gonna be kind of sad to go see Black Country New Road live at some point and then just not get any songs from this record. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you understand, you hope the best for everybody. You know, it's, I guess at the end of the day, I'm just thankful we got it on vinyl. We can listen to it whenever we want, you know. Also, at the very end of the song, I, I agree with everything you said. I think the very end of the song, you hear violin and saxophone do the... Yeah. which is exactly the intro the so intro, it connects it right. all the way back which I just love details like that where it connects the beginning and the end to, to the record um, yeah they're the far from first band to do that yeah. and it's like if you automatically want me to think a record is good, impressive, cohesive even sometimes better than it is you throw me a bone of that intro track and the closer show me that the play is over and I'm like that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, I'm a sucker for it. But Grant, thank you much for sitting down, talking a little Black Country New Road. Do you have any closing thoughts on the record? Um, who would you suggest check out this band and this record? Like, if you like so and so, then check out this record. I would say if you're wanting to listen to some unique rock that is pushing the medium forward in new and interesting ways um, and has impactful lyrics, I would, I would say listen to this. I'm not, I'm not sure of any 
comparisons because I haven't really heard anything quite like this in a, in a while. I mean, I'd say they're definitely paving the new way for current rock music as a, as a rock band. I would, I would yeah. classify them as a rock band. Yeah, and they're getting a lot of attention too, mm -hmm. so I, I think I'm excited to watch the influence grow. This is why I sent you the song um, Beautiful Blue Sky by the band Ott, spelled O-U-G-H-T the Yeah, that's a good day. song. It, yet again, it's a, a slower song and it takes its time to build and it's expressing frustration with modern life in a very simple way. So, you know, that's I, I think that was my way into it. Or the song Uncanny Valley. Um, God, what's it called? Unca Uncanny Valley Forever mm. is the name of the song. And it's by another English band called Cording. And I heard it on Kenyon College's student radio one time. Mm -hmm. And then a DJ came in and cut it off in the middle of the song when it already really had my interest. It's a longer song. It's about an AI relationship. And it's this creative, mathy, progressive, post-whatever-you-want-to-call-it with really thought-provoking lyrics. And right now I'm getting a lot of that from England right now. So... I mean, if for whatever chance you're listening to Cording and Ott and Black Country New Road, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more of that in the future. So thanks for coming on. This no has been Matt Thank and you. Grant. We are here at Fat Dog Vinyl, 7 North Main Street, Mount Vernon. I'm collecting my thoughts. That was, I think that's the hardest lyrical analysis we've done on an episode so far. It deserves it, doesn't it? Yes. Sometimes I, I rush myself because I'm afraid people don't want to listen to too long of a podcast. But really, there's a lot going on in this record. Yeah. And unlike Pet Sounds or In the Airplane Over the Sea, I felt like I needed to sell this album more than those because those albums have been in greatest list for a long time. Whereas this is the most contemporary and new record that mm -hmm. we talked about on the show yeah. at the point of this recording. So I'm really thankful we got to sit down, kick it around. So, yeah, go check out Black Country New Road. Hopefully the shop will have some copies soon. Yep, they'll be rolling in, so come pick up a copy. Just look for the airplane in the plastic bag, and we'll see you next time. All right, thank you.